0: This podcast is dedicated to the memory of David Faraday, Betty Lou Jensen, Darlene Farron, Cecilia Shepard, and Paul Stein, and to Michael Maggio and Brian Hartnell. This is Zodiac Speaking, a classic gunpoint podcast. I'm your host, Chris Garcia. Michael Maggio was a tall, skinny 19-year-old from Vallejo, California. Darlene Elizabeth Farron was 22, twice married with a one-year-old daughter, Dina. Darlene worked as a waitress at Terry's in Vallejo. We can say those things for sure. And there are some ideas about what happened at Blue Rock Springs the night of July 4th the early morning of july 5th what we know isn't perfect we do know that darlene left her house at 1300 virginia street about 11:40 p.m. that about 10 minutes later she picked up michael maggio on beechwood street the two headed off to blue rock springs a little less than 10 minutes away he parked to talk. Maggio was self conscious about being so skinny, so he wore multiple pairs of pants, multiple shirts, to make himself look a little beefier. Barely even commented on how he must be really hot being in July in Vallejo. They had been there just a few minutes. And three cars pulled in. They lit off a few firecrackers and left. About five minutes later, another car pulls in. The window was down. Not a surprise, being July. And certainly not a surprise for Maggio, who was wearing so many clothes. Darlene was driving. It was her car. The other car drove up and began firing. Fired several shots, hitting both Darlene and Michael. Michael's reflexes probably saved his life, because as soon as he started firing, Michael scrambled, and ended up in the back seat, shot once in the knee. He was hit several more times, and apparently he played dead, or at least dying. But after a moment the killer came back and shot them each again twice with his 9 millimeter Luger. This was the beginning of what is arguably the most important of the killings. and The one that had the most suspects that made the most traditional sense. Jilted lovers. Both Darlene's exes. Well... She was still married to one at the point. Darlene had had encounters, apparently, was being hassled at work by either one or three separate people. Men, late at night, apparently. And not long after, a phone call came in to the Vallejo Police Department, and the caller spoke words that The dispatcher will never forget. I wish to report a double murder. If you go one mile east on Columbus Parkway to a public park, you will find the kids in a brown car. They have been shot by a nine millimeter Luger. I also killed those kids last year. Goodbye. That was the beginning and the end. Farron passed away from her wounds. Maggio survived and is alive today, supposedly living in Southern California. Certainly was when I ran into him. This was the first killing to have letters written about it. The first time the killer contacted the police, at least that we know of. We don't know a lot about the connections between the first and the second murders. A different weapon was used in each. Different type ammo. The description that was given of the cars was different. And Maggio gave his first description of what he thought he had seen of the killer. About 5'8", tall, beefy build, but not fat, about 190 to 200 pounds, with short curly hair, which was... Light brown or blonde. He had a large face and didn't wear glasses. Often Maggio's credibility has been called into question. Not so much for his actions, but for his memories. In a moment of sheer panic. How can you take in so much info? And occasionally, he has had to backtrack on himself. I understand that completely. Many questions are left about this, particularly the idea that Darlene knew the killer and perhaps was being stalked. Maggio has made mention of this more than once. And there are so many questions here. Why did Zodiac start writing letters now instead of with the first killing? Why call the police this time and not the last? What significance does this murder hold to the overall story this was not initially thought of as being a part of the murders that happened over Christmas 1968 instead the main suspects were Darlene's husband and her ex-husband But they were both quickly dismissed. Her husband had been working at Caesars. People had seen him. But the call... had a ring of truth to it. And some say that... he just offhandedly mentioned... I also killed those kids last year. Was this someone attempting to throw the police off the trail? Someone saying a crime that he knew he did not commit... And that the police wouldn't be able to link together, but by claiming so, giving himself an alibi for both. He hadn't done one, so why would he have done the other? It's an interesting question. As we continue the investigation into Farron and Majot, I'll be looking at the questions of continuation, the differences between the first and the second murders, and the similarities. I think the most glaring of similarity, of course, is two kids in a car in a dark place, relatively alone, though not for long. In both cases, other cars had been there, had passed, had even stopped before they left. And the killer came in. And did his killing quickly, with no external witnesses. But Maggio survived, and this was the beginning. The differences are incredible. There are many. And it's as if the killer was trying to cultivate these differences to give an impression that he was not going to be caught because he wasn't one thing. Or if he was one thing, it was greater than the minute details. In essence, the Zodiac signature is his letters, not his method of killing, not his selecting of victims necessarily. We don't know where he came at these killings. But what we'll see specifically in Fer Maggio, more than anything, is that his method was murder. But his technique varied. And it is most often Particularly in the 1960s, 70s, and into the 80s, that technique was all the police could analyze and work with. And when a killer disregards technique, disregards consistency, he stifles the possibility of conducting a thorough, Investigation of the time. I'll be talking a lot about Ed Rust, the detective. I'll be talking a little bit about the two cars Darlene's brown Corvair, and what Michael Maggio thinks was either a Mustang or a Corvair. And a Mustang would actually be a much more interesting car, not just because it's a great car, but because of what the Mustang represented at the time. I'll be talking about Majo's post-encounter. He's been a troubled man all his life, and in a way, the murder defined him. But for a man who's only had 19 years before and 50 years after the event that has defined his life most, what does that mean and how does that play out? I'll be talking about the representation of these murders, particularly in the film Zodiac, but also in This is Zodiac Speaking, the wonderful documentary, and how so many have latched onto this as the most significant murder Of the four canonical murders. And I'll be talking about Darlene Farron and why so many people see her as the key. And in a way, I find her to be the most tragic figure. So I hope you'll stay tuned. This is going to be an interesting set of episodes. We'll be back in May.